Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 398. Mix a little inspiration with perspiration and a dash of Entrepreneur on Fire. Now you have the ingredients to success. Here's the master chef, John Lee Dumas. Looking for a no-strings-attached kind of deal? That's what I like. Here's one. Sign up with audiobooks.com and you'll get your first book for free today. No strings attached. Go to audiobooks.com slash fire. Are you an entrepreneur or a startup on a budget? That doesn't mean you should skip out on legal services. At Walker Corporate Law, they encourage fixed fees. They believe that billable hours reward inefficiency. Contact the founder, Scott, at walkercorporatelaw.com. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Eric Sue. Eric, are you prepared to ignite? I'm readier than ever, John. Yes. Eric is the COO at Single Grain, a digital marketing agency based in San Francisco. He previously led the growth team at online education startup Treehouse. I've given Fire Nation just a little overview, Eric. So take a minute. Tell us about you personally because we want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of Single Grain. I graduated about four or five, maybe five years ago from college and then uh, you know, got my first job. Um, and then sat in, sat in my cube and then I was just like, God, so this is it, huh? And it was like, <laughs> you know, whatever paying job, just doing like data entry. And I was like, God, I got to change things. So, uh, you know, started doing internet marketing. So my background's in internet marketing. And then uh, eventually, you know, I went to go work for a startup called Treehouse, you know, kind of picked up, you know, you hear about Silicon Valley, kind of the whole, uh, you know, everyone has like their own, yeah, the fever, right? The, the tech startup, uh, you know, mindset and all that. So I picked all of that up, um, you know, helped them grow their company grow their revenues and all that. And then, you know, I wanted to take that mindset and, you know, move it over to uh, Single Grain, which is a digital marketing agency. And I previously ran a consulting thing before and I decided to combine with uh, my partner, Sujin. So, you know, I'm helping the company, I'm helping them, you know, run the company right now. And uh, things are, things are going well. We work with a lot of Fortune 500 companies and a lot of uh, venture-backed startups as well. Oh, I mean, I love your company. I love what you guys are all about. Your website is amazing. I actually went there just a couple of minutes ago before we got on the line here and Boom, right there staring you in the face of the Golden Gate Bridge, which is pretty funny because my first ever trip to San Francisco was just last week because I met with iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Creative Live, and SoundCloud. But long story short, I decided to go on a long run during one of my free moments and I ran across a bridge, which I thought was a good idea until I realized I had to come back. And believe me, I think I just walked the entire way back. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very long bridge. I actually, I was just on a ferry the other day and I looked at that thing. I was like, wow, you know, much bigger than I thought. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> cool stuff, Eric. Well, listen, here at Entrepreneur on Fire, we love starting our interviews off with a bang, getting that motivational ball rolling with a success quote. You have a great one for us, so take it away. Yeah, so this one's from Zig Ziglar. And um, it's, if you help others get what you want, you'll get whatever you want. And that's totally, you know, how, how business is, how everything else is. You provide value and you get things back. So give us an example, Eric, of how you've actually done this recently and seen the results from it. Yeah, so I think Treehouse is a really good example. And I'll give you like kind of specific numbers yeah. too. Um, you know, when I first started there, um, you know, things weren't going that well. You know, um, they were, you know, they're burning a lot of their, their um, the funding that they got already. And there wasn't that much time left. Um, you know, 
so I had to really help, you know, grow the user base and the revenues. And then, you know, within eight months, you know, increased traffic by eight times. And then revenue went from, you know, 2.5 million. And I think they're doing like 4 million annually now. And, you know, providing that kind of value, you know, everyone in the company kind of, they remember you and people from outside to kind of see your track record. Um, and then, you know, other opportunities pop up. And then that's kind of how the single grain opportunity popped up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a perfect example right there at a, at a larger scale. That's a great example. That totally is a larger scale. Because, Eric, what I love about it is that was an example about you and your life and your journey. Because that's what Entrepreneur on Fire is all about, Eric. You're our spotlighted guest today. So I really want to do a deep dive into your journey because it is fascinating. You've only been out of college for five years, but it's all been in this really incredible, exciting Silicon Valley scene. So you've seen a lot. You've done a lot. Share with us a failure or an obstacle or a major challenge that you had to overcome at some point already in your journey. And what lessons did you learn from that, Eric? But I really want to focus here on the story aspect. Take us there. Tell us that story and the lessons you learned. Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, I explained, you know, my first job was kind of doing data entry and then I got my internship, right? But then after the internship, you know, I've been jumping around from a few jobs like here and there. So, you know, I, I picked up a job at an e-commerce store doing internet marketing. I quit in a month, joined another one, and I quit in like a, a month. And then I joined a marketing agency, quit in like three months. So, you know, I just kept jumping around. And, you know, my parents were like, God, you're like, you're not stable, whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> you're not going to know, you know, Asian parents want you to be stable, right? They want you to, you know, be like an accountant or maybe like a doctor, lawyer, whatever. Um, and then, you know, for me, I, I finally went to go work for this um, publishing company. And then I was just like, I was so fed up. I was just like, God, this can't be it. I need to just start my own thing or whatever. So, you know, on the side, I started, you know, doing my uh, starting my consulting thing. And then a lead actually reached out to the company, right, to kind of like as a, as a, you know, to kind of do like a referral or reference check. And then, um, you know, I, the next day I get called in and then the CFO is in the office um, and then, you know, all the director of HR is in there. And I knew what was going to happen. I was, you know, I was about to get canned. So I'm like, oh God, like, you know, where did I sign? And I was just like, so I just signed it. And I, this is the first time getting fired from a full-time job. It was, you know, well-paying job too. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, me deciding to take the risk, but not wanting to fully dive into, you know, the, the whole, um, you know, entrepreneur thing, um, you know, actually backfired on me because I wanted to have my nine to five income while doing my consulting thing, but you know, it, it didn't pan out that way. So that was when I realized, holy crap, you know, I, this, I really need to take this seriously because now I, I no longer have any income. So that's when I, you know, that's kind of like my aha moment when I had to go all in with everything. Eric, let's go to that moment when you were just about to get fired. How are you feeling at that moment, sitting in that room? Yeah, I mean, I was devastated. You know, first I was like, God, is there anything I can do? But I knew there's nothing I can do. And I was just like staring at the ground. And then, uh, yeah, they're just like, you know, we know you're a nice guy, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, <laughs> blah, we, blah, blah. We, know, we know the focus isn't, you know, you're not focusing on, uh, on this company. And that's totally true. And, you know, looking back at it, I totally would have fired me, too. So many entrepreneurs go through exactly what you just went through. You know, we start jobs, we hate them, we feel claustrophobic, we feel like we're kind of being smothered and it's not our authentic selves and it just does not resonate with us and our gut's telling us this is not right, but other people around us are like, hey, you have a great job, benefits, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, this is the entrepreneurial struggle that so many of us go through and that's exactly why I'm so passionate about Entrepreneur on Fire and sharing the journey of the entrepreneur. Eric, because I want people to be like, 
oh my God, I feel exactly like Eric felt back when he was with his previous companies. And I'm not alone. It's not me that's broken. It's just that this isn't what I'm meant to be doing. This isn't truly my authentic self. And let's be honest, your track record was horrible. I mean, you were month to month to month. You were quitting jobs. You're leaving jobs. You're getting fired. How does it end up getting to the point where a company like Treehouse is going to give you, a guy with that kind of track record, a chance? Yeah, it's funny because um, so when I was working at that publishing company, this is when I first heard of uh, Neil Patel, which is, you know, he's one of your guests in the past. And you know, I, I was reading his blog all the time. I was still learning online marketing, right? I was very hungry about learning all the time. I always wanted to learn like the newest thing. So hunger is a big part of it. And then I started emailing him because I some of the stuff he was talking about, I didn't understand, right? So I emailed him. He started responding. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they're, they're too busy. But this guy, like he was responding to everything I sent him. I just kept bugging him and bugging him where eventually he's like, we should just get on a 20 minute call. You know, this guy, like he has no reason to help like a stranger like me. But, you know, we started developing kind of, a, you know, a friendship there and, I think he started to notice that I was really driven and then I just really always wanted to learn. Um, and then he saw that, you know, I brought some results from some, some companies that I uh, consulted for. So um, he recommended that I interview for Treehouse and then, um, you know, I interviewed for Treehouse and then it, it turned out to go pretty well. Um, they took a risk with me, obviously, you, you know, younger guy, less experienced, but, um, you know, Treehouse was really the next level because there's a lot of stuff that I really didn't understand, but having that drive really helped carry me, you know, carry me over to get the results that I got from them. So many great takeaways from that. I mean, Eric, you didn't know exactly what you wanted, but you were willing to get out there and ask the questions. You didn't just kind of stay as a lurker on Neil's site and just trying to consume information and never interacting. You said, you know what? I'm going to reach out to this guy. And when he responded back to you, you're not like, oh my, oh my God, I, I'm not going to respond back to him now because he's definitely too busy for another email. You kept that interaction going. You continued to leverage that relationship. You jumped on a 20-minute call with him. You got a recommendation for a job offer, all because you did one thing. You continued to to take action. And that is so powerful. That's a great takeaway for all entrepreneurs. When we keep hitting these walls and we keep saying, this job sucks. It's not for me. This job's horrible. I just don't feel great in it. We keep taking action. That's all that we can do in this life, Eric, until we do find our niche, our groove, so to speak. And you mentioned an aha moment. And you had that great aha moment. You shared it with us. And that's what our next topic is going to be, Eric, because that's a beautiful thing about the entrepreneurial journey. We don't just have one aha moment. We have so many. In fact, we often have too many that we can ever act upon. But I want you to tell us a story of a great aha moment that you had when a light bulb just went off and you said, this is me. This is Eric Sue. And what action did you take, Eric, to turn that into success? I'm kind of fortunate where when I started with internet marketing, I decided to focus on SEO first. You know, SEO isn't at, wasn't as hard as um, you know it is now. But you know, back then, you know, you you always want to test things, right? You know, there there's um, I had a lot of different sites that I was testing, and then I just kept you know trying different things, whether it's you know you know quote unquote black hat SEO where you're kind of manip trying to manipulate Google search engines. You know, you're willing to put everything out there, right? A lot of my sites I put in a lot of time, and then a lot of them they got removed. You know, all that hard work just went away, but it's that whole notion of being willing to, you know, take risks and test, right? And that really applies for marketing as well. Or if even if you're like a like a coder, you know, you're always willing to break code. You're always willing to try new things. And if you look at companies like Facebook, you look at Twitter, things like that, they're always testing little minute things and making these little changes here and there that add to, you know, compounding, uh, you know, that, that will have compounding effects, you know, in the long term. And that's what it's really all about, right? It, whether you're doing finance, whether you're working out, whatever it is, you're always testing little things. You're always pushing all the time. Even if you hit a wall, you just keep going, right? And I had a talk with Neil last week and we had an interesting conversation where he said, 
you know, we're not really passionate all the time. It's more like, you know, we're just guys that are willing to grind it out, right? And I think entrepreneurs have that gene in them where they're willing to grind it out. They're willing to learn. They're willing to do anything it takes to kind of get them to the next level. And I think, um, you know, starting with SEO first, that really helped me, uh, you know, kind of hone that mindset in. One thing I love to say for entrepreneurs is that you have to be in the game to win the game. And, you know, a lot of us are tired. And I'm sure, you know, if we were in a soccer match, we'd want to put our hands up and get subbed out. But when you're subbed out, you can't score that goal. I mean, believe me, it's tough running a company, running a business, running an entrepreneurial venture that produces one podcast every single day of the week every single day of the year. I mean, it's a grind. It's a lot of work. And I am insistent upon staying in the game because you never know when that phone call from Time Magazine is going to come, which for me, it came last month. You never know when that Inc. Magazine phone call is going to come. And it's not going to come unless you're actually in the game. And that's what you were doing. You were willing to try Black Hat SEO. You were trying to try other activities with an SEO that maybe didn't work. All of those things gave you knowledge, gave you intelligence. You learned from all of them and it's brought you to where you are now, an authority figure in your niche. So break it down for us, Eric. What is one clear lesson that you learned from all of these challenges, failures, and aha moments that you've had over the course of the last five years? Yeah, I think if I had to really distill it down, I think um, it's really about pursuing the opportunity, right? You, You see me like, you know, I jumped around from so many jobs, but it's, I really saw, you know, the next opportunity was like a much, you know, it, it had much, uh, you know, much more, I, I guess, potential for me, right? So you chase the opportunity and not so much the job. So you go wherever the, the best opportunity lies. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for me. Chase the opportunity, not the job. Love that lesson. And Eric, I'm going to give you a little bit of a curveball here. Have you had an I've made it moment? Yeah, I've made it moment. You know, Coming out of college, I was like, God, if I just made like 75000 for the rest of my life or whatever, you know, you, coming out of college, it's always you set like a number goal for your totally. salary, right? But you realize like that doesn't matter anymore. Um, I, I think the whole I made it moment, like I've hit those goals every time, but it, you never really quite make it. I, I think for entrepreneurs, you, you're never you're never quite satisfied with what you have. You want to just keep going, right? You know, you want to hit cer- certain milestones. And then also you want to hit like milestones for your family as well. You want to take care of your family too. So I'm never quite satisfied with what I have. Um, you know, I definitely feel like, you know, I, I've quote unquote, I've made it, but uh, I, I think there's just so much more to do. There's so much more value to provide to the world. So I guess I, I can't really answer your question completely, but. Um, well, I really like the phrase that one of my past guests used, which is I've had plenty of I'm making it moments. And I love the I'm making it moments. Like for you sitting down, having a conversation with Neil Patel about real world stuff. I mean, that's going to be a little bit of an I'm making it moment. Yeah, that, you know, Neil Patel, uh, also working at Treehouse too, you know, I, when I talked, when I was, um, you know, one of their big investors was the VP of growth at Facebook, you know, very, he owns like a venture firm now, you know, I sat down and talked with that guy, very smart guy, right? That was kind of like an I made it moment where I was talking with a top executive, a top venture capitalist, and I was just like, wow, you know, three, four years ago, I was just sitting in, in a cubicle, not sure what to do with my life. So yeah, I, definitely, I think I agree with that, you know, there's a lot of I'm, I've, I'm making it moments, but uh I don't, I don't think there ever would be like a I've made it moment, maybe until I retire or something like that. <laughs> Eric, a lot of Fire Nation is really resonating with you right now when you're talking about just not fitting in at different jobs, feeling like you're smothered and like you need to break out into something that you're really passionate about. 
And that's part of the journey. We're talking about your journey right now as an entrepreneur. And I really want to get your feedback on the entrepreneurial journey. I mean, you see it firsthand more than most living in Silicon Valley, you know, being in the San Francisco startup scene. I mean, you're seeing the incredible ups and the incredible downs that so many entrepreneurs go through. What's your philosophy on the entrepreneurial journey and how do you keep a level head with these massive upswings and downswings that we experience as entrepreneurs every single week? You know, there's a ton of swings, right? You have to worry about, uh, you know, how happy your employees are, hiring processes and all that and fixing a bunch of things. There's a lot of fires all the time. And I think one thing that really helped me, you know, in college, um, you know, c- coming out of high school, actually, when the when the big poker boom happened, I started playing a lot of online poker, going to casinos and a lot of things like that. Not that I recommend that to everyone, but um, you look at uh, Chamath, who was the VP of growth that I, d- I talked about, and then uh, Jason Calacanis, who's a pr- pretty popular uh, venture capitalist or, uh, sorry, angel investor. And a lot of them play poker, right? So poker actually helps me keep a level head. Like, you know, there's a lot of upswings. You can bring your A game every day, but you might lose for like, you know, a few months to a year, things like that. You decide, you know, when you're going to invest your money, when you're going to go all in and things like that. So I think I really encourage every entrepreneur to at least, you know, try to learn how to play poker and, you know, get that experience because that has taught me, you know, how to read people, how to, you know, stay calm, um, even when, you know, bad things are happening all the time. And that's kind of how I get my, you know, keep level headed. I don't really panic a lot. Um, I, I actually can't even recall the last time I had a panic attack or anything like that. So uh, that, that would be my, you know, my one, one key takeaway there. I love that takeaway. I myself was quite a Texas Hold'em poker player for a number of years. I've actually gone away with it just because of my sole focus and drive with Entrepreneur on Fire, but I think you're giving me excuse to jump on the five here and drive up to a casino and, and maybe play a few hands. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, good, to, it's good to unwind, you know, every now and then. <laughs> Love that advice, Eric. And you've truly been really open and honest and transparent with your journey, which is so helpful to the listeners because just like me, just like you, so many of them are going through these things right now. And and what I really want to do is bring things in your journey to present times, to today. Because at Single Grain, you guys have a number of exciting things going on. Pick out one or two things that are just really exciting you and share that with our audience. You know, I think the most exciting thing right now is when I first joined uh, Single Grain, we didn't have a sales team. We we were only really offering like one service offering. So, you know, coming on and fixing all, all you know, all the processes. And then now I've moved over to building a sales team, something that, again, I've never done before. Right. So I've, um, you know, you know. I'm kind of repeating what I've been doing in the past where I just start asking questions all around, right? So one of my last interviews, and I, I was telling you about you know, how I do video Skype interviews, I interviewed um, the, the VP of sales who brought Salesforce to $100 million in revenue, you know, asking all these questions on how to build a sales team, right? So I'm getting this content not only for myself, but I want to share it with everyone at the same time. So you know, getting that content out there and kind of you know, learning how to build a sales team at the same time, that kind of kills you know, two birds with one stone. And I think it's uh, you know, something that will, again, you know, provide value to other people. It'll provide incredible value. I mean, here you are, Eric, you're tasked with creating a sales team. And now what are you going to do? You're going to go to the biggest and the best and see if they will share with you what they have for their knowledge. And you know what? Maybe that guy would have jumped on a 25 or 30 minute phone call with you and just had that one-on-one conversation. But the fact that you're saying, listen, we're going to jump on a video Skype call. I'm going to share it with my audience that we've built up here. This is going to give you added exposure, added authority, 
added credibility, that makes it very appealing to him. So it's like a triple win now. Now you're winning because you're having to, you're getting to talk to this guy. He's winning because he's getting some exposure for his time. And all of your listeners are winning because they're getting incredible value and insight and advice from one of the best in that field. So I love that direction. And, and Eric, Single Grain just has, again, so many cool things going on. You guys seem to always be so cutting edge, especially in SEO. Like, what's something that you can share with Fire Nation that's just over the horizon that seems to be really exciting you and your company right now that would really be a benefit for online entrepreneurs to be aware of? I think the biggest thing with SEO now that, and I'm really happy that Google's transitioned to, you know, you've heard about the Panda update and the Penguin update, right? Sure. You can't manipulate the system anymore where, you know, you can just spam in the past and get, you know, first page rankings and get a lot of traffic, right? It's all about, you know, we, we go back to that Zig Ziglar quote, if you help others get what you want, right? Are you providing value or not? And the, the ones that are really winning now in the whole, you know, getting traffic game or growing their businesses online is the ones that provide the most value, right? You look at, um, you know, REI.com, right? Uh, they have, you know, a ton of camping content, you know, a lot of videos, right? Why are they doing this stuff? They're just adding as much value as they can. And then, they're, you know, people are reciprocating. So SEO is really about building, you know, value now, right? Whether it's creating really valuable content, you know, different ebooks, white papers and things like that. And then actually going out there and trying to, trying to get it promoted, right? That way you're building a brand, you're building a lot of trust and, and, and things like that. So you look, you know, there's no reason for, you know, REI to build it other than to, you know, give people as much value as they can. You look at Zappos. You know, they've made, you know, you know, you know, 50,000 plus product videos, right? Why are they doing that? Just to add value. So that's the main thing. So are you seeing some kind of meld between content marketing and SEO in general? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, pretty much SEO now is it's, it's a lot of different things, right? It's, it's content marketing. There's a little bit of conversion rate optimization included in it. Um, you know, there's it, it, sometimes it can play even into email marketing as well. You know, social is kind of the the gasoline to the fire that is content, right? So everything is kind of melding together now. And I always tell, you know, prospects that, that want to work with us, they're like, oh, you know, we just want SEO. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't work that well anymore. And we're probably not the best uh, fit if you just want, you know, traditional SEO. It's all about, you know, creating content and, you know, melding other different channels of marketing into it. That way you can get the best results. So Eric, again, you're living on the cutting, bleeding edge right now. What is something in the future, you know, over that horizon that's really exciting you? Yeah, so I think everything's transitioning towards mobile, right? You know, you're 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 in the elevator. You might even hell, you might even be in the restroom sometimes using your phone and text. <laughs> Don't say sometimes. Every day. Let's be honest. Yeah, every day. You know, and everything's going to mobile. So you gotta, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard it before. You gotta do design for the mobile experience. Um, I think we're really in the infant stages. So I'm really excited to see what happens in in mobile, right? And even in like mobile SEO, you know, mobile ads and how creative people can get with that. So um, everything's going to the phone, um, and I'm I'm excited, you know, on figuring out how we can help our our clients the best in terms of the mobile atmosphere or space. Wow, Eric, these have just been some great insights. Thank you so much for sharing these. And we're going to take a minute here to thank our sponsors. As an entrepreneur or startup, you're probably on a pretty tight budget, right? You can cut a lot of things out. Let's be lean here. But one thing you shouldn't cut out is legal services. At Walker Corporate Law, a boutique corporate law firm specializing in the representation of entrepreneurs and startups, they actually encourage fixed fees. Why? Because they believe that billable hours reward inefficiency, and that's not what they're about. They also offer several additional legal services to meet all your needs, like help with mergers and acquisitions, licensing agreements, and terms of service and privacy policies. 
the mission at Walker Corporate Law to protect entrepreneurs and to help them succeed. With a group of lawyers who all have at least 10 to 25 years of experience, you can rest assured they'll do both. If you're looking to make a connection with a law firm who cares about each and every one of their clients, then contact the founder, scott at walkercorporatelaw.com today. That's scott at walkercorporatelaw.com. Aren't we so lucky to have the ability to listen to podcasts instantly no matter where we are? Now you can do the same with audiobooks. Audiobooks.com allows you to download audiobooks to your Apple or Android device for offline listening, or you can stream them instantly. That means easy access to your great content in the car or the gym. And if you're not a huge fan of listening on your smartphone, you can still stream books on audiobooks.com using your PC or tablet. Here's how easy it is to get started. Head over to audiobooks.com slash fire. Choose from more than 40,000 titles. Don't forget about those business book recommendations you've been hearing on EO Fire. Check out their great membership benefits like one audiobook per month and 33% off additional titles. Sample a couple of books here and there to find the perfect ones. And then get your first book for free when you sign up. It's all at audiobooks.com slash fire. And this is actually a great segue to what my favorite part of the interview is, and that's the lightning round, because this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us, Fire Nation style, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Let's do it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I think it was lack of experience. So I, I told, told you, you know, I, I really wanted to, you know, learn as much as I could. I was, you know, gobbling up content everywhere um, and always trying to test different things. So I think initially it was lack of experience. And maybe I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, there's fear as well. You know, your parents never will really understand what entrepreneurship is. They want you to be safe. So probably fear and lack of experience. What is the best advice you've ever received? So this is really cliche, but it, it totally comes down to focusing, right? I see a lot of different entrepreneurs. They're like, oh, you know, I run, you know, 10 companies or whatever, but, you know, they're all very, they're all very unfocused. You, can, you just can't, you just can't do a really good job when you spread yourself too thin, right? And I've, I've worked with partners in the past where they're like, oh, you know, now that I'm doing this, I want to try like two or three other things. And, uh, you know, I want to spend a bunch of money when they're, you know, not focused on, you know, what really matters, what's really, you know, what business KPIs matter. And also they're not focused on the finance side of things as well. They think, you know, finances aren't, you know, their, their forte, but as an entrepreneur, you always need to be looking at the numbers. It doesn't matter how good you, good or bad you are at math. You got to be looking at, you know, all your different things. And there's so many resources out there. There's Khan Academy, there's Coursera for you to learn, you know, financial accounting. There's really no excuse. And it's kind of, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, you don't want to shortchange yourself, especially when you're trying to make money. Powerful. Can you share one of your personal habits, Eric, that you believe contributes to your success? We kind of went through this, the, the whole, um, you know, being willing to sit through the grind and also being very, very analytical as well. I, you know, I listen, I, I read a lot of books, um, you know, that, that's also part of the grind as well. You know, I, sometimes I don't really like reading, you know, I'll read, I'll write blog posts as well, even when sometimes I don't want to do it, but being able to do that. And I think um, it's, it's like investing, right? When you put in a little money here and there, um, you know, it starts to compound on itself, you know, in, in five, 10 years time, you know, who knows where you're, where you're going to be, right? You look at Neil's blog, uh, quicksprout.com, very, very big blog now gets a lot of traffic, but it took him a lot of time to build it up, right? It's because he kept, you know, sitting through the grind. He kept pounding the rock, you know, as, as they say in football. And, you know, that's where he is now. You know, that's why he has such a big brand. You look at Pat Flynn, you look at yourself. It's just being willing to, you know, sit through it even when you don't want to do it sometimes. Absolutely, Eric. Sage, sage advice. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? 
I think if you're an entrepreneur and you have employees or you have uh, maybe even contractors as well, I use this thing called 15.5 and it's pretty much like it's a communication tool that you can use internally. It gets people, your employees to send you reports each month, uh, each week actually. And it's only like a 10, 15 minute report, but you get a, a pulse of, you know, what's going on in the company, right? You can ask questions such as, you know, what's your biggest accomplishment for the week? You know, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you right now? You know, be honest, things like that, that help you figure out, you know, what's going on with what's going on with the company, right? Like sometimes like the other day I saw an employee fill out, you know, the form and it was just very, you know, undetailed, but you can tell that person was unhappy, right? That's when you actually, you know, dive deeper, you know, get in on a one-on-one meeting with that person and figure out what's going on so you can fix the problems that you have in the company. And this tool has been really invaluable for uncovering like a lot of different issues that we probably wouldn't have spotted. So, um, you know, for the $49 it is a month, or uh, it might even be cheaper, but um, it, it's helped us cover, you know, a lot of different problems that have helped us made money and also, um, you know, save money as well. Priceless, truly. And we've actually had the founder of 15.5 on Entrepreneur on Fire, such a passionate guy, such a real guy. And he shares the reasoning behind 15.5 and it's exactly for everything that you just described. And for anybody that's running a business with employees, it can truly be an invaluable resource. And I love how you guys are utilizing that, Eric. And Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we've mentioned in today's episode by going to eofire.com slash Eric Sue, S-I-U. Eric, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Yeah, um, it would be called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits, right? Yes. Everyone wants to be like Rockefeller. So um, th- in terms of like building a structure, you know, your core values, things like that, you know, how, what kind of information you should be giving to the management team, what they should be doing exactly. Um, it's all in there. It, this is like pretty much the blueprint um, to how, how you can build, a, you know, a big company. So I really like that book um, and it's helped us a lot. It's an amazing book and Fire Nation loves audio and they know they can get the audio version of this book for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Eric, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Yeah, so I think this is a really good question. And, you know, I actually, it does take some thought. Um, but, you know, the first thing I would do, and I was all, I'm going to reference this back to, um, there's a post from Paul Graham, who um, he's the founder of Y Combinator, which is a big, uh, big incubator for you know, a lot of popular startups. But he said, you know, when you're first starting out, um, whether you're building a company, whatever you're doing, you're supposed to do the, you know, he says, do the shit that doesn't scale, right? So, you know, whether it's going out there knocking on doors or going to, you know, going to events to meet people to kind of build these relationships, because a lot of, you know, business is built on relationships, right? So what I would do first is maybe I might save the $500, you know, I'll go, I'll email a bunch of people, right? I'll make a list of leads, you know, I'll make a list of, you know, who I should be contacting, whether it's through LinkedIn, whatever it is exactly. And I'll just be, you know, emailing these people, right? And I'll also go to like meetup.com or there's also other, you know, free events around the area and just go around and, you know, build as many, many relationships as I have because I no longer have the relationships that I've built in the past, right? Um, kind of, you know, what I did with Neil before where I started emailing him in the past, that's the type of stuff that, you know, people that are just starting out should be doing, right? And then once I kind of build up that, that, um, that base, so to speak, I'll make a, you know, I'll continue to make a list of leads and then I might spend that 500 bucks 
and you know hire a virtual assistant um, who you know of course I'm going to go through a very vigorous hiring process, but they're going to go out there, they're going to send templated emails, and then you know try to get responses back from people that I might be trying to contact, and then obviously you know um, you know coming from an SEO and content background, I'm always going to be writing content as well. So I'm going to be trying to rebuild kind of, you know, my brand, uh, you know, using inbound marketing, trying to, you know, guest post, you know, I write for sites like entrepreneurs. So I'm going to try to reach out to these people as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's all about rebuilding the, rebuilding that foundation and uh, continuing to build it. Love that, Eric. And we had a guest on the show recently, Paul Colligan, who talked about multicasting. Like for you, you create these great video interviews. Well, then you can detach the audio and make it an audio podcast for people that just want to listen into a car, not have that large file size. Then you can create a transcript from that. You can make that a blog post. So there's so many different ways to create a lot of powerful content by repurposing. So it's just some ideas for you, Fire Nation. And Eric, as always, you're just coming out with some amazing content for us, some amazing insights. I really appreciate that. And I've enjoyed really hearing your journey thus far and can't wait to see where your trajectory is going to take you. So let's end by you sharing with Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. One parting piece of advice, you know, is to always continue to learn, right? You're, you know, whether you're, you're going through, you know, I, I suggest, you know, using tools like Pocket or using, you know, lists on Twitter to follow people that you really admire and continuing to, you know, read, read this, these pieces of content because the learning really never stops, right? Anyone that tries to stop learning is, uh, you know, obviously, you know, cutting themselves short. Um, in terms of contacting myself, um, you know, my email is eric at singlegrain.com. And then you can follow me at Twitter. It's uh, at, at eric, O as in orange, S as in sugar, I-U. Uh, those are probably the two best places to follow me at. And then uh, I also have a blog, which is growtheverywhere.com. And then I'll also be doing, uh, you know, video Skype interviews as well. And, uh, you know, I'll also be interviewing John. That's right. It'll be Video Fire Nation, so you'll actually get to see my face. (laughs) (laughs) And Eric, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything of value that we've mentioned in today's episode at eofire.com. Click on the podcast tab because Eric is hanging out in the archives or just type his name, E-R-I-C, into the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up. And Eric, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much. How do I create a podcast? How do I grow my audience? How do I get great guests? How do I monetize? All these questions and more are answered at podcastersparadise.com. For one price, you will unlock the gate to access all the wonders of Podcasters Paradise. The video tutorials, the forum of fellow podcasters, the private webinars with today's top experts, and more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to podcastersparadise.com today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 